Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. I'm your host, Ian. And I'm your guest, Austin. This Twitch cast was created to provide you, our heroes, with new and reusable material for both players and DMs. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. Our show may not be suitable for D&D games. Wow. Wait, what? Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) We're on fire today. (laughs) We're off to a rolling start of awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it's just the I slept through my alarm clock part. Our show may not be suitable for young children. But neither is our D&D games. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. I want to thank you guys for joining us today here at Crit Academy Studios, where everything's made up and your roles don't matter. Yep, that's right. Your roles are like a hero without a sidekick. Uh, we got a really great show for you guys today. I'm super excited for this. Uh, <laughs> for our Let's Talk About Blank segment, there's a new, the Eberron Rising from The Last War has released. We're going to talk briefly about that. Uh, our main topic today, we are going to cover the D&D Essentials Kit. Uh, we picked this bad boy up. We've actually got it here on screen for you this time, since it's not a digital copy. And uh, we're going to kind of work our way through that. And then, of course, we have our Unearth Tips and Tricks, where we bring you new and creative content for you to bring with you on your next adventure. Personally, I am absolutely super excited to talk about my magic item today called the Blast Patch Vial. I'm super stoked. It's a, basically a potion that's a trap. It's pretty phenomenal. Uh, uh, so. yes. It's a trap! <laughs> yes. As if we didn't need enough ways to kill our players. <laughs> now, now the thing they may drink will also kill them. Oh, uh, absolutely. So, poison. <laughs> uh, Explosive poison by the sounds of it. Yeah, it's almost... Uh, it, I, I'll be honest, when you when you have it, it's quite a blast. <clears throat> yeah, that was pretty bad. Right, I'm going to um, take a drink to that one. <laughs> but before all that, we spent a few minutes talking about what's going on in our realm. Anything exciting going on in your realms, fellas? Okay, thanks for that. Yeah. 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 I mean, the holidays are coming up, so... Yeah. Spending time with family. Yeah, I try to avoid that to the best uh, best I can. I mean, really, I haven't done anything super exciting except play video games nonstop. What game are you playing? Payday 2. It's really fun. I Is mean, it? I definitely enjoy it. Me and my cousin... It's like one way me and my cousin actually get to like hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. So it's actually like... I don't know. It's like a weird team-based game, and it's... Uh, me and him really don't play too many things together, and uh, like we do like hanging out with each other and whatnot when we can. But like that's just one thing that we can do. We're like, oh yeah, this is really fun. Let's let's do this. And it's like yeah. So. Yeah, I like I like couch co-op type games. Yeah. Not a lot of those anymore. Uh, I've been playing it's the really hell out of that yet. new Modern Warfare. That's pretty <clears throat> awesome. I got that, and I got the one for my phone. That's pretty dope too. Um, there's nothing like being in the middle of a meeting and, and shaking because somebody just got you and you're pissed off about it, but you can't like shout. Yeah, you're just like, I shot a lot, and there's a couple. My boss was like, what, "What's wrong?" I was like, "Bastard killed me in the middle of a meeting." <laughs> and I'm playing Call of Duty on my phone. That's exactly how much I pay attention at work. Uh, I like my job. Can't imagine why playing Call of Duty during yes. meetings. Getting, getting paid to play Call of Duty. <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. But uh, I love it. You like your job, just not the meetings. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Well, I think that'll do it for In the Realm. Ian, if they'd like to visit other realms, how can they do so? They can go to our website, and they can click on the link to go try a free try for Audible. Yeah, definitely. They get, they get three days, they get a free ebook. I call that a win. Yeah, I mean, e- even if you don't even... Yeah. yeah, audiobook. <laughs> even if you don't uh, let it kick over to actually charge you, you get to keep the book, which is fantastic. That being Ooh. said, uh, we like to start off uh, the episode by giving away fat loots. Each episode, we will draw another lucky subscriber's name, and they will win the best-selling adventure, The Claws of Madness, compliments of Lawsmith. 
Lawsmith is a small indie team of creative artists who remember exploring the realms together with friends, finding incredible places and meeting colourful characters along the way. They set out to deliver an experience that sparks those lasting impressions that pushed them to create their first standalone adventure, The Claws of Madness. This best-selling adventure is one that you don't want to miss. Who is our winner today, Ian? Our winner today is Thieves Can't RPGs on Twitter. There we yeah. go. So I've got. I'm gonna go ahead and open that up up to the 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 people in the audience. I'm actually thinking about changing out the prizes like on a monthly basis. Hmm. So that um, people that have already got something can still get a chance to win. Because there's a few people that have kind of got everything because, A, they follow the show or they just went out and bought it. So they're not really getting anything. So I figure if I can, like, rotate it, like, monthly, I might be able to get new content uh, on there, especially things that aren't just necessarily adventures. So I'm pretty excited for that. So hold out for that. Hey, Justin, can I buy the essentials kit for somebody as a giveaway? You absolutely certainly can. Uh, how about we talk about that uh, this week and we can give away one compliments of you af- uh, at the start of the show next week. I think that is awesome of you, New York Tater. Anyways, congratulations to at Thieves Can... Thieves can't RPGs. I almost did the same thing. Uh, <laughs> if you enjoy the adventure, please leave Lore Smith a review. Moving on to our Let's Talk About Blank segment. Now, if you know, most of the time our Let's Talk About Blank... <laughs> yes, I am a cheapskate. Normally, our Talk About Blank segment is like a, a topic submitted. Um, honestly, I wanted to talk about this because I, I'm super excited for it. Uh, the release of Eberron Rising from the Last War is... a f- Eberron is officially a campaign setting for the 5th edition game set. And I'm super campaign. I'm super stoked. Well, that's not kind of the PDF material they already released. I'm super excited for this. So, for those that don't know... Like myself. What exa- do you, How much do you know about Eberron? Basically, steampunk, but with magic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So... For those of you, yeah, for those you don't know, it's uh, magic. Eberron is a war-torn world filled with magic-fueled technology. As a magic, I'm inventing machines. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's very a high magic setting. Um, you got airships and lightning trains, and you know, noir-inspired mystery meets swashbuckling adventures. Does this mean I could be like a like a detective? If you want, you can always be a detective. Well, yeah, but... Just depends if the person running the game is going to let you get the most out of it. That's true. Uh, Wasn't Eberron the default setting for 4th edition? I think so, yes. Yeah. Because I played a lot of Eberron when I played 4E. But aside from just the the very cool... Like, in Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, they talk about the Izzet Guild. The Izzet Guild that mixes technology and magic, that's a lot of what... The entire world of Eberron is. So there's all kinds of crazy shit and inventions that happens. You get, uh, when you go through Sharn, it's basically a city of sky, sh- uh, skyscrapers, airships, um, lots of, like I said, noir, noir-ish sort of intrigue and crossroads for the world's war-ravaged peoples. It's fantastic. But there's something coming out of this that it's got everyone super excited. Do you know what it is? Dragon Marks? Well, that's got people pretty tickled. Is, is it the Artificer? It absolutely is the okay. Artificer. For the first time since 5th edition's release, there is a new class. Not archetype, class. The Artificer. So I'm super stoked for that. Of course, they're going to come out with the uh, Warforged uh, race. And it's among many, many other. I think there, there's 16 new races and sub-race options, including, Jeez. you mentioned, Dragon Marks. Yeah. I think a few of those races, though, 
appeared in other publications. Yeah, a few of them did here and there, uh, especially for the especially for the uh, unearthed Arcana stuff. Yeah. What um, is a uh, what is a dragon mark? Uh, a dragon mark is like a um, uh, like a like a tattoo or a birthmark that magically views them with power they wouldn't have. Right, so having a certain dragon mark, I think, gives you some sort of special buff. At least it did in fourth edition. It's pretty badass. I think a couple of might get you spells. Oh yeah, they might incur. They might uh, give you spells. Maybe I bought my copy the other day. Okay, yeah, I still need to read it. So, but I'm super stoked for it. Uh, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm super excited for this. That also means that our next episode is obviously going to be a class analysis of the artificer, and we're going to break it down. I'm super excited for that. So. Like I said, this just came out, actually, in the show notes. I'll also put it in the chat, is the link to the uh, the Eberron book, if you want to check it out yourself, for episode 147. So, uh, definitely check it out. Overall, does this sound like something you'd be interested in? You've never heard, uh, Austin, of for- uh, Eberron, so... Right. I mean, <laughs> I'm always a big fan of, like, uh, like big skyscraper-y, like, stuff, mm-hmm. and the idea of, like... Maybe, like, you're battling on the rooftop of a skyscraper. Maybe, like, throw a dude off the skyscraper. Like, mm-hmm. you just bust him through the window. Like, to me, that stuff's cool. Or, like, trying to, like, scale the outside of it to get somewhere so you don't have to get through security. Yeah. Stuff like that would be really cool for me. But yeah, I, I just had to chuckle at one of the preview items that they showed online was a, a magical arm prosthetic that they can just slap on if you if you lost your arm, which doubles a magical item you can play people with. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so badass. Needs to say there's a lot of uh, full male alchemist comparisons. Right. <laughs> and now, uh, what makes this cool is if you like magic items and you want lots of them, this is the 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 setting to run it in. You can't you can't walk ten feet without tripping over a magical broom. So it's a great point. Yeah. So huh. all right, I think that'll do it for the let's yep. talk about blank segment. I, I want to post a magic item. We we can't have one. I'll go buy one then. No, you can't. We're in Eberron. Yes, I can. Dang it. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to the street urchin who managed to pick the pocket of some poor guy who happened to have a magical spell book. Right. Because like. <laughs> <laughs> they're fucking everywhere. Uh, so moving on to our main topic. Our main topic is the D&D Essentials Kit. If you haven't seen this thing yet, I'll show a picture to the camera. I really like this thing. It's got nice art. It's basically a new starter option instead of Lost Minds of Fandelver. They took, uh, you know, it's been, what, five years? Four years? Five years since 5th edition Something like released? That. Yeah. yeah. And it's always been Lost Minds of Fandelver, Lost Minds of Fandelver. You always went there. But there was a few things that they didn't quite get right with that set. Not not to say that the adventure's not awesome as hell, though. Um, right. But they took what they've learned from that and they've made a new set. Um, and... There's some real things right off the the bat that comes out of it. Having a standout difference between the Lost Minds of Fandelver and the new Essentials Kit. What what do you think that is, uh, Austin? As in like, because they both books include the the rules, but this one added something that the other one was missing. Yeah, it it uh it kind of like simplifies them a lot, doesn't it? Like it makes them a lot more easier to like understand. I was specifically talking about including character creation. Oh, that. Because that was not in. Yeah, that one. That was not in the Lost Minds of Fandelver. It was all pre It was all pregens. Was it really? It was. I did not know that, actually. Which means there are unfortunately no pregens in this version. Now, honestly, I think that was a mistake for them. Some people are going to want to create their characters, not including them. 
uh, means your first game will always be gotta create a character. And honestly, in my experience, that sometimes can turn some people off if you don't get into the game right away. Yeah. So I do think that that was a um, a mistake that would have just cost them five extra sheets of paper. <laughs> I mean, I guess like uh, the DM could always like pre-generate one anyway. Right. The DM could, but the uh, once again, the idea is that the DM, the players, don't know what they're doing. Oh, right? yeah, I guess you're right. I didn't so, think about that. But way. if the DM did, yeah, you're absolutely right, or they could print them off. But if the assumption is you're targeting people who have never played, right. you kind of throw okay. that out the door. I think it, they should have left both options in there. Hey, mm-hmm. you guys, we have an option. We can go with these pre-generated characters and get right into it. Or if you want to spend the first session, sit down and actually walk through the creation process, we can do that instead. But by taking that away you potentially could turn some players off just because that honestly, I love character creation, but when I first did it, it was boring as hell. I didn't like it, but that, that was me. That's why I particularly like this. I remember the first time I had the build character, it was way back in 3.5. I had no idea what I was doing. It was very confusing and the other players were not helping. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm, I've always been like, even in like video games and stuff where I'm always the guy who wants to create my character and I always take hours doing it. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's for me where it was like, oh, well, this is fine to me. Like I'm, I'm that player, I guess. Yeah. And there's, there's some players that wouldn't, aren't like that. And I think, and that's what I don't understand is why they just didn't take five extra sheets of paper and toss it in there to target both audiences. But that's a very minor complaint, I think. For I, I could definitely skit. see the argument for it, though. Yeah. yeah. Some people just want to play a character, and they're like, oh, this is cool, I'm going to play this guy. Right. Now, there's something about this that was really interesting. It comes with an adventure, just like, you know, uh, Lost Minds of Fandelver. But there's something on the cover that really drove uh, quite the peak to me. You, what does that say there, Ian? For two to six players. Two to six players. That's something that I thought just was mind-boggling. They actually set the adventure up with, you know, little notes and stuff to be able to run it as just the DM and the player. And they they do this in such a way that you can easily scale it, which I don't think was quite what happened in Lost Minds of Fandelver. No. So that was a really, really cool thing for them to include. Overall, did either of you get a chance to gl- uh, take a, a, a read through the adventure at all? Not personally, no. Just what I've heard, heard from other people. <laughs> okay. Um, so, if you don't know, the adventure is actually really, really well done. And they took a different approach than they did to Lost Minds of Fandelver. In Lost Minds of Fandelver, it's very much a more railroady style adventure. Right? Okay. In this one, they have like a job board and quest <laughs> cards and stuff. And it's far more open-ended and sandboxy. So, the players really can drive the story however they want. Hmm. They're not stuck to the DM following the rails, which is really cool. And the addition of the quest cards really made that something easy that the DM and the players can reference. Mm-hmm. So, okay. speaking of the, the 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 job boards and the quest, what they made it in such a way that even though all the quests are different, yep, they cover different aspects of the game. Some of the encounters that there, let's get it out there. It's called the uh, the adventure is the dragon of Ice Spire Peaks. All of the quests are tied to the dragon in some way, shape, or form, but some are complete role play role play only. Some are very combat heavy, okay. and then you've got mix in between with investigation and stuff. So if the DM is a little more experienced or he wants to take that, you can ask the group what kind of game do you like. He can pull out all the cards that are all combat heavy if they want all role play. 
Okay. Or he, they can put all the combat in and take out the roleplay aspects if they want to focus more on that. Or you can just let the players pick the quests as you describe them to them, which I thought mm-hmm. was really, really cool. Overall, so far, how does that sound to you guys? I I like the idea of just a job board. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that's something that doesn't like... Like, in video games, like, I always like going to them because it's like, aha, yes, easy money, I will grab that. <laughs> <laughs> so, since you mentioned, we mentioned, are talking about the job board, so if you can, I don't know if you can see this big-ass deck of cards that we got here. They're um, perforated. Um, they're perforated, yeah, they come out of, like, eight, 11 and a half, uh, eight and a half by 11 sheets, but they've got the little sections for the little quest cards. Now, mind you, we had this as a DM tip before, so even if you run this only once, these cards can still apply. Right, mm-hmm. you can just change the monster or the name of the character, or the location, or whatever. So I we want. I'm gonna pick one of these. Uh, I'm gonna read one of these. So basically, it just says quest on the back. It's pretty generic that way. But I love how this is written, and I think I'm gonna write a whole bunch of these because this is basically how I format my my show notes. Yeah. This one is called the Dragon Barrow Quest. The dragon that be uh, the dragon that besets us is not the first to threaten this region. Between here and Neverwinter lies a barrel mound of a warrior whose magical dragon slaying sword helped fell a green dragon terrorizing the high road a century ago. Rumor has it the dragon slayer sword is buried there. Retrieve it and let the sword be its own reward. Cha-ching. See. I would do that quest because I want a cool ass <laughs> sword. Who doesn't want a fucking awesome sword, right? I want a sword that killed a dragon, and then I can have the sword that killed a dragon. Uh, and if it can kill a dragon, it can probably kill a lot more things than just a dragon. <laughs> nope, only works with dragons. Sorry, that would be ridiculous. You're That'd be pass such through a through everyone. <laughs> no, no. Here's like, here you go. Oh, it's like, funny. ah, yes. And then like, you go to attack a goblin, and it's like hitting him with like a rubber mallet, and you're like, that didn't do anything, <laughs> right? Well, it's a dragon slaying sword. Yeah, it's a sword. No, it's a dragon slaying sword. (laughs) Only works on dragons, but it's super effective. (laughs) Oh, man, it's like uh, kryptonite. It doesn't really do shit to anybody else, but you get it to the one person and it wrecks him. Yeah, it just fucks him up. (laughs) I got a plus eight dagger of ogre slaying. You're not there. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Oh, man. Um, The other thing I want to touch on, once again, is... uh, the nature of this ad- adventure. Now, there's like magic items and stuff in here, um, which once again you can use in any of your games. Yeah. So once you're done, if you want to continue using these cards, because there's something there's something about being able to hold them. I think that makes it really really good. Mm-hmm. It's just like having the item having it on physically. Your... Like if you yeah. you've played, in, uh, I know Ian's played in Adventures Guild. They hand out actual magic item cards. That's when so you're in Adventures Guild, and it, it feels... Or they did, I don't know, they do they still do that? I feel like they stopped it a while, at the store I went to, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyways, they did do that, and there was some, there was just something about having that. So, going through this, there's some other really cool stuff that, that comes in it. Since I'm holding on to the cards, maybe we'll continue to th- talk on that. There's actually a card in here, a couple cards that functionally are actually super awesome for every D&D game. This one is called Combat Step-by-Step. If you ever have new players, it basically breaks down the turn in five steps. The first one is Determine Surprise. The DM uh, determines whether anyone involved in Combat Encounter is surprised. Are you surprised? 
No. I guess not. <laughs> and then it says step two is established position. The DM decides where all the characters and monsters are located, given the qu- character's marching order and their stated positions. The DM figures out where their adversaries are and how far away they are. So right now you've really, that's the b- absolute start of Yeah, that's like the literal combat. start of combat. Yeah. yeah. Everyone would argue that it's at initiative, but it's not. Which is the next one. Roll initiative. Everyone involved in, in, in the combat rolls initiative, determine the order, and combat's turn. Then it just says, take turns. Each participant in combat takes a turn in the initiative order. Begin the next round. When every participant in combat has had a turn, the round ends. Repeat steps one through four. I mean, that's super useful for somebody that doesn't, hasn't played or just doesn't quite understand the way it's supposed to go. Honestly, as a DM, I've forgotten to determine surprise a few times. Gonna be honest. So having that as a quick reference is pretty nice. Hmm. What do you think about that card? I can see myself adding to it actually. Good breakdown. Yeah. For noobs. Yep. So <laughs> For the noobs. So the other thing this comes with is the these condition cards. Yeah, condition cards are super helpful. Yeah, how I mean would it how many times have you been in a game where you or the DM has forgotten a effect that's been on one of the PCs or monsters? Oh, trust me, I didn't forget that I was slowed by a giant dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I might have a couple times. <laughs> but this actually comes with condition cards, too, that you can actually just pass out to the person under the effect. Or, if you've got multiple people, you can just put it out on the table as a reminder. You're poison. Yeah. Which I think is fantastic. And once again, that's something you can use away from this game. So there's, I'm already feeling like just in the cards I've gotten my, my value worth, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I wanted to touch on was one of the other the sets of cards that come for tracking initiative. You basically pass out the initiative cards to the players based on their order and the initiative, and the DM keeps the ones for the monsters. Hmm. I think it's got like eight or nine, right? So you, it's possible you would have more than that, but the way it's supposed right. to go is all monsters of the same type go on the same initiative. So that right. shouldn't be, that should be more than plenty. And honestly, I might, I was gonna plan on using those, but I just bought the Paizo, uh, initiative magnetic tracker. So I probably won't, but I definitely <laughs> will keep it. Actually, I could probably use it for the kids. That's actually why I'm running the game for the kids right now. So definitely some advantage there. Is there anything else in that, uh, box that we should be talking about? Cause there's a lot of shit in this box. I mean, we do have this, uh, this DM screen. It's pretty awesome. You're holding it upside down. I know. I'm holding it upside down. <laughs> there you go. So this is really cool. Um, the first one didn't have a DM screen, I don't think. Lost Minds of Handelver didn't have one. Look at this. So it comes with Not all the my knowledge. Yeah. yeah, it has all the stuff you you would expect to be on it. The actions in combat, the the jumping and concentration information. I think it has pretty close to the exact same stuff as the um, as the DM screen that they had out recently. What was it? The reincarnated one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. Uh, I don't has, have that, but I definitely can see all this stuff. on here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the reincarnated one was way better than the first one. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. so this is pretty cool. It's got like DCs and food and lodging prices and mm-hmm. shit and cover rules. So it's got a lot. The only concern I have, I mean, the art's nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the only great. thing I can would be my concern is the the quality. I mean, it's card kind stock. of it's cardstock basically, and that's it. Um, but once again, I mean. If you like it and use it a lot, I could easily seeing this saying, hey, you know what? Eventually, you'll have to get a new one. Yep. Um, and even for like newer DMs anyway, they'll still love using it anyway, just to have all those references right in front of them. Honestly, I'm going to keep it in my bag for the kids and use it for travel. There because you go. Because I've damaged my other one by taking it oh. in and out and bumping it on stuff, the, my nice one. So I yeah. could definitely see me using this one and not having to worry as much about it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Was it Kate's like, you can laminate it. 
Oh yeah, you could you laminate, could laminate it. Laminate is that it, yeah. that that might make? But is that gonna make it? That make it stiffer too, wouldn't or, it? Or you could like uh, cut it where their folds are and slide into like uh, multi-purpose DM screens. Ooh, I like that. So that's a good idea, that's a good idea too. What else you got there? Uh, I guess we. The rule book also has a an appendix on the back. They they try to not waste any room at all for conditions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the the rule book is pretty much the basic guides that you can print that you can get the PDF for online. Yeah. Um, and that's as far as I can tell. There is some one thing I noticed uh, in here compared to the other one. They actually have um a fifth class because in the other one had the the cleric the fighter the rogue the wizard this one actually added the bard so i thought that was pretty cool some is my based yeah so i thought that was really interesting but it's basically the basic rule book so there's a lot there's more than enough to get started but you still would need to get you know some of the other stuff eventually more options more monsters all that jazz so hmm you know i never actually looked at this map it's a nice map, and oh. uh, it's a very nice map. Yeah. Oh yeah, show it up to the, show it to the camera yeah. so they can see. You're holding it off screen. Ain't nobody gonna be able to see that shit. Let's see if we can. So right. this adventure takes just uh, takes place in in and around the same area mm. as Fandolin. In fact, on the back of this yeah, map is the back is actually Fandolin. Yeah, and it's quite detailed. Yeah. And uh, in the book, there's uh, there DM go. versions of it with like notes and icons and stuff. That's only for the DM's eyes, which is pretty nice. Honestly, I love shit like this. Oh yeah, me too. Um, it's it's really flavorful, and as soon as we're done with the 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 dragon heist, I'm gonna pin I'm gonna pin up that map too. So yeah, I have. It's a really nice map. I have both of the Avernus maps, the one that came with the oh, book, so and then hot, aren't they? they're so fucking cool. Yeah. I love maps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm not, I actually almost want to punch you. Hey, you mentioned Avernus on pure reflex now. <laughs> yeah, he, like he ruined it for us, a hole. Yeah, well, I was excited. Yeah. And then we guess we have the actual <laughs> the adventure act- itself. And this, this, if oh, I see I the would, icons on the map. Yeah. yeah. So there, on the back, there's a there's a map key which I think is cool because this is in the DMG and I don't think I've ever actually used it. But yeah. for if you're doing like hand maps uh, and drawing them out, this is really cool because then you can constantly use the same little icons and then you can draw these. I mean, they're very simple. Yeah. So cartography yeah oh here's the initiative yeah i didn't actually tear that down and it does come with some blank uh some character sheets character sheets that you can make copies of and stuff they add some good dm tips and stuff in here and our dm tip for the day is actually from this book and i'm gonna love it because i've been wanting to do it for a while but everyone it's one of those tips that'll be like eh that's a stupid tip, but the fact that wizards put it in this book means I can get away with it now. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited. I like the th- quality of this book too. Um, it's very sturdy by compare. It's almost as sturdy as the the, the DMG. <laughs> Jeez. But uh, it's really nice. The artwork's you know from the other books and stuff. So overall, uh, what are your guys' overall impressions currently? Okay, you've got the big thing they added in the essentials kit. What's that? The minions? The sidekicks? Oh, yeah. I have, we haven't talked about that. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, holy son of a bitch. I almost forgot. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I think I go through like, and the. S- oh, okay. Oh, okay. And the. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, they do it's have the sidekicks. So, <laughs> we. Everyone knows that it's easy for a DM to want to try to fill a spot to make a party bigger or round it out or something like that. Okay. 
Actually, I'll be honest, I'm surprised you didn't mention it right away when you said, for two to six players. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted to, but I had this order thing planned out, and then it totally fell apart, so I don't even know why I bothered Throw with that. all up! <laughs> I know, right? We're all Sith Lords here. Order means nothing. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, except for the, the, the one Order 66. Yeah. Um so sidekicks are basically um tools or and actually there's a bunch of the little NPC cards. What'd you do with the cards? I put them back in here. You didn't put them in the box? Literally a box, and he's just like chucked them in there. So there's actually NPC cards too, which I think is fantastic. You can probably see a couple of them there. Probably not from that distance, but they're pretty good quality and they have little pieces of information on the back for the personality, ideals, bonds, and flaws. So you can easily role play them. What is great about the sidekicks though is they're not fully fleshed out characters or as far as uh, mechanic wise, right? Like a character sheet, which makes them very easy to run. So. One of the things and the risks of being a DM and creating a character to run with the party is it's easy to outshine the players, especially if you know more about what's going on. The side, the sidekicks are basically <laughs> designed to be simple, but flavorful. They each, ha- they have little features of some of the classes and just enough to give them that little boost to help the party, but not strong enough to really take over and be overshadowing which i think is a huge issue with some dungeon masters when they run extra characters in their games yeah yeah have you guys ever encountered that i mean there was that uh the giant right yes that was hard harsh harsh nag harsh nag from uh that it was really hard because he was so critical to so much of it to not have him overshadow. Did I do an okay job? Because it was yeah, it I mean, was it hard. was fine. I mean, I loved the big guy. But <laughs> that was that was one of the struggles. Is how do I make it so he's obviously way stronger than everyone? Oh yeah, he's fucking. First how do giant. I make it so that it doesn't overshadow you? And I so I tried to do it to the best of my ability. But even then, that was a struggle. But sidekicks are specifically designed for that. Yeah, and it makes it way easier, in my opinion. So and I think they only go up to like level six. Yeah, they don't get very high. Which is good. I mean, by that point, you don't really need a sidekick, I would assume. I would hope. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would hope, too. Or you just get more sidekicks. I mean, if they go to yeah. level 10, you get two sidekicks. Um, You know, that's a good idea, too. I didn't even think about that. Having multiple multiples. sidekicks. Well, and what's cool is it's something that you can turn over to the players. You know, if if you're yeah. running a, oh, yeah, yeah. If you're running a uh, game where the DM and your players get, you know... Um, want to be more engaged in a two-player game giving them each an extra character you can throw bigger monsters like, and bigger challenges at them and they could just like take control of one of the other sidekicks is that what yeah. you're saying yeah that'd be so fun actually Ooh, Taylor's getting uncharacteristically generous uh-oh <laughs> who here in chat wants an essential kit <laughs> i mean i i know he said he was drunk earlier but <laughs> <laughs> wizard Katie's is like no thanks he's like ah, I'm, I'm <laughs> he's, good. he's afraid of what will actually show up um we love you tater i think we covered everything i think so uh at least Three almost points. everything but i think we touched pretty much on everything in here i think this kit is really worth it I think it's a great tool to get somebody into it, especially if there's just two of you. Because yeah. that's one of the biggest things that I think came out of this, is you can run the game with two people. Yep. So. I 100% agree. Yeah. What and if you can still give them, like, a sidekick. And so they feel like they can just have two characters, and they yep. can... Well, <laughs> Wizard Katie says, what if you're the sidekick? <laughs> <And> you can- <laughs>
Be, I wonder if he meant to say, what if your sidekick becomes a hero? I can't. Or what it if says, you're the sidekick and the sidekick becomes the hero? Maybe you just forgot to type it twice, I guess. But. Oh, look at that. New York Tater is giving away a copy that he bought of the Essentials Kit to Old Handy DK. Sounds like an old one-handed something something you get at the end of a um, uh, Asian <laughs> massage. <laughs> right? <laughs> old Handy? <laughs> uh, my show may not be suitable for young children and some adults yep we, we must remember that guys <laughs> all right well i think that'll do it for the main topic today the D essentials kit uh i definitely recommend this you can find the link to the show notes we do have an affiliate link oh, what? um and so you can help support the show a little bit if you're going to pick it up that includes you tater so use the affiliate link. I'll send it to you again because you're drunk and probably didn't catch it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but if you use that, uh, that'll give us a very, very small kickback, but a little bit. There we go. Uh, all right. Uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, I'm really excited over it. So before we uh, move on to our honor tips and tricks... Uh, we have one more product to give away. Compliments of Jeff Stevens. It's the Madhouse of Tasha's Kiss. A small village, empty of villages except for one boy, found sitting and weeping next to a jester's pageant wagon. The boy explains that the villagers, including his family, followed a jester into the wagon and never came out. What madness could the adventurers face? Can they save the villagers, or will they go mad trying Can you survive the madhouse of Tasha's kiss? Austin, who's our winner today? Uh, Author to be 0137. Congratulations, author to be 137. You are this week's winner of the madhouse of Tasha's kiss. Woo! Love that fucking adventure, you guys. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, during AetherCon, I ran this adventure for my players. So you can find that on our twitch.tv slash Crit Academy. Um, check it out. It's awesome. And now, what you've all been waiting for. Our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment. Where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. <laughs> Where's your poster? Which one? You made like 20 of them, Tater. There were a few. <laughs> they're, they're right sitting over there. Austin, would you like to tell us about our character concept today? Uh, sure. Uh, it says, Daddy's Money <laughs> from New Yorker article. Spice Up Your D&D Game was the name of the article. Uh, the life of a half-orc <laughs> is not an easy one. Shunned for their heritage and feared for their uh. mighty strength, many are forced to live in solitude. Fortunately, your human father is extremely wealthy, which somehow means you earned your wealth, too. Uh, well, look, you totally get that being born into money gives you an advantage. But that doesn't mean you have it better than anyone else. It's easy for people to say you only got into Neverwinter Academy because your father's name is on the building. <laughs> but you also... <laughs> fucking funny <laughs> but uh but you were also a backup on the high school jousting team <laughs> and it doesn't count as freeloading if your father built apartments for royal bankers and let you stay in one free <laughs> also can you talk about how insulting it is that the innkeeper asked your party to kill rats in his basement if you knew where you, who your dad was he would be grateful that you were there maybe you should mention it not because you want to talk about your powerful dad but just let people know <laughs> 
<laughs> what do you think about this, Ian? It's so fucking... Of course it's from the New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this character. This is the total freaking privileged little spoiled brat guy. <laughs> yeah. And is. what makes it worse and or better is that it's a half-orc. <laughs> Somebody who's constantly going to be judged for the way they look. This reminds me about how I've not seen the movie Back to School, but want to watch it. Oh, it's a good movie. Wait, with that is that uh, Rodney Dangerfield? Oh no, I was thinking of uh, what's the one with Adam Sandler? Ha- uh, when he's when he's dumb as a brick and has to go back to school, to take over Daddy's company. Damn, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I can't. I've never watched it. Anyways, uh, it's really good stuff. If I can remember B- the Billy name, Billy Madison. The Billy Madison. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> um overall what do you what do you think about this this character concept austin would you would you like to run into this or run would you run something like this <laughs> i probably would at least once right just to it, do it it's the whole do you know who my father <laughs> yeah, is literally it's just like do you know who my dad is i could buy this whole place with just my ring <laughs> oh yeah do you know who i am no 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 do you understand do you know who i am nope Good. <laughs> oh, I'm an idiot. I just realized what it said. It says, uh, and you only got into Neverwinter Academy because your father's name is on the building. Is that implying that his dad is never, never remember, never, what the fuck yeah, is Yeah, Neverwinter? No, it's not Neverwinter. It's never remember, never. right? King never remember? Never remember? <sighs> the f- who the fuck knows? But I just think nah, that's I interesting. I think this would be fun to uh, run, and you could easily swap it up as, uh, mommy's money or something like that um i think the mix and playing it with a mixed mixed uh half breed makes it all the better though so makes me wonder if like you're actually just a bastard child and they're just like (laughs) oh fuck (laughs) yeah this one's mine oh that's funny you're the yeah you're the one always causing problems too and they're just like trying to (laughs) they're just throwing money at you right to get you away yeah We keep throwing your dad's name around. He's like, son of a bitch, I gotta kill this child. (laughs) (laughs) New York Tater's like, I got a shitload of real-world jokes that'll only work if I am on audio. For everyone's sanity, we're glad you're not. (laughs) Um, Alright, and I I had to come up with a name for the the character concept, because there wasn't one, but I thought Daddy's Money was very accurate. I mean, it's about right. (laughs) (laughs) I I consider, do you know who my dad is? But uh, anyways. Also a good one. (laughs) I think that'll do it for our character concept that I am going to be running eventually, because I love that. But the best premise for the movie Back to School, though, is like... Rodney Dangerfield's son, played by a young Robert Downey Jr., was going to college. Mm-hmm. But he, mm-hmm. I forget why we wanted to go to college too, but he didn't have a high school degree, even though he was a successful businessman. <laughs> get, you that can't come familiar. Get, you can't come here here without, without a, high, a high school di- diploma. How else do we, we get in here? Very next scene, and we're now uh, having the groundbreaking ceremony for the Rodney Dangerfield School of Business. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Oh man, I love it. Moving on to our monster variant. When a raving murderer dies, their soul passes into the shadow fell. There it might gather flesh again to continue its lethal ways, becoming a devourer. Without a conscience, a devourer exists only to slay and consume the living. 
the viscera devourers use its dripping intestines to entangle its victims, allowing their gnashing teeth and slithering barbed tongue to drain the life from its captive. Once their victim has died, they devour the innards found inside the chest cavity. That's metal as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Okay, so the... the, I wasn't ready for this one. (laughs) The Viscera Devourer. Um, The origin stat block for this you're going to use is the Succubus. Um, But you're going to lose a lot of features. You're going to lose the Telepathic Bond, Telepathy, Shape Changer, Charm, Drain Kiss. Um, That's pretty much everything that makes the Succubus the Succubus. uh, What makes it? Why are you using this template then? Uh, For strength purposes and balance. Uh Um, But everything else stays the same. Uh, The new feature you're going to get is called Hungry Viscera. It's a melee attack with a 10-foot range and does... Uh, 2d6 plus 3 bludgeoning damage. If the target is a creature, it is grappled with an escape DC of 17. You are fucked. Uh, until this grapple ends, the target is restrained and the viscera devourer can't use its hungry viscera on another target. Now, here's where it starts to get hot. It has a new feature called Viscera Ward. The viscera... The Viscera Devourer gains partial cover while it has a creature grappled. That's fucked. If an attack (laughs) misses the Viscera due to the bonus granted by this effect, then the attack is made against the grappled creature using the same attack roll. So basically, these intestines leech out, reach, or slash out from its chest cavity, wrap around somebody, and start to pull them in. And so... If you go to swing at the enemy and you miss due to that extra cover, it's going to hit that person. So you might actually hit like your, another player. your allies, yeah. which is awesome. I now, like that. Now, here's where it really... This is where shit really hits the fan. The vis- You get the Devour Viscera. The Viscera Devour can use its bonus, a- bonus action to draw life energy from a creature that it has grappled by the Hungry Viscera. The target must succeed a DC 15 constitution save or take 5d10 plus 5 psychic damage (laughs) on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. The target's hit points maximum is reduced to an amount equal to the damage taken. Once it's reduced, this reduction lasts until the target finishes a long rest. The target dies if the effect brings their hit point max to zero. You know, in many ways, this reminds me of the Invader Zim episode, uh, Dark Harvest. <laughs> oh yeah, something similar happens? Devouring their innards? Well, they're at school gonna have physicals, but Zim, Zim's not an alien, so he's worried about freaking out about how he feels he's not human. Mm-hmm. So he keeps stealing organs from other kids and applying them inside him. <laughs> oh my <laughs> no, god! That's savage! Okay, until the point where he becomes like this huge grotesque thing, because he has too many <laughs> stuff in them. Oh my god. <laughs> that's gross. Different explains so in three it, colors. <laughs> does the Devour Viscera ability, does that heal it by that amount? No. It's not a drain effect. It's just a... Um, why not? I guess it could be. I, I, yeah, I guess you could add a healing effect to it, or at least like... Because that's what I thought of like the whole thing, because it was like draining the, the player, and I thought it was like healing it during that, kind of yeah, like no. a vampirism effect, but that's okay. I found your guy's stream because I seen it on someone's car. 
Holy shit! Oh, that's your car. That's my car. That's awesome. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, this basically this monster's innards are like slashing and flailing about, and it reaches out and snatches a, pl- a, a, a creature, sucks them in, and starts devouring why he's got it. And why he's got it, he's using that person as a meat shield. So cool. Which is awesome. So, and the flavor is just fantastic, isn't it? I bet he says the same thing. The palace and flint. Well, thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoy the show. Our show may not be suitable for young children and some adults. No. <laughs> no. What's the combat rating on this? CR th- whatever the succubus is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I forget. I five, would, maybe? Three? Like five five or, three? or something? Yeah. I okay, that's not too bad then. Uh, it's pretty strong. I mean, yeah. 5D10, it's got to be probably at least a CR5. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure uh, Ian will look it up really quick. Yeah. Uh, I love this flavor. I love the lore. It all fits really, really well <laughs> and is fucking terrifying. It's metal, dude. <laughs> Challenge rating four. Challenge rating four. Okay, there you yeah, go. that's not too bad. Um, Seems about right. It definitely can F your shit up, though. Don't get grappled, because 5d10 damage is a lot at that level. You're also restrained, so you're extra fucked. You're boned. <laughs> you're just... Don't get hit. <laughs> and not in the fun way, because it's not a succubus. Ah, uh, right, right. Yeah, not in the fun way, because it's not a succubus anymore. It's just a... It's a weird... <laughs> Weird intestine dripping. It's some hentai shit, is what that is. <laughs> yeah. If you're in the board, maybe Brandon, you're all right. I blame you for that shit, Brandon. I didn't used to ever think like that. Oh man, I call BS. If you're in Devore, I guess you're in. You can call BS all you want. That is mostly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for our monster variant, the Viscera Devourer. That's uh, pretty fucking. Ian, cool. do you want to take the encounter? This one comes from Villains and Lairs 3, which is free. <laughs> yeah, I'll toss the link uh, in the post. It's also in the show notes. Free. All right. The NPC know as uh, Zaro Zoan. Oh, I love this. Forgot about this. Tieflings are often born in secret. The parents love their new child, but simultaneously are scared of them. <laughs> That's fair. And of the community's reaction. Zaro Zoan's parents fled in the middle of the night and took the boy to an Old Orders Monastery. They never saw him again. <laughs> ha! Did that happen to Nightcrawler? Happens to a lot of things. Zaro Zoan and his monks are actively searching for more acolytes. And once they locate a suitable candidate, they use any means necessary to induce them into the sect. Uh-uh. <laughs> Where's this going? Who's <laughs> this free candy kid? <laughs> hey, 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 come here. Get in the van. <laughs> Moreover, Sorrow Zoan spends most of his time communing with the universe, receiving instructions from his devilish master. Occasionally, the pit fiend <laughs> gives his followers a mission, typically a surgical strike d- directed at a temple of a good aligned deity. Huh. Ooh, I love that pretty fucking cool yeah so this encounter is different than what we normally present um instead it comes in the form of a potential npc for the players to run into and uh in the villains and layers three free that you can pick up uh it actually gives details on the uses that you could uh for this npc so the very first one is a source of secrets While searching for vital information, the player characters might hear of a secluded monastery where a wise monk lives. Zarozoan might have the information, but 
He only shares it if the heroes do something for him. Something against their creed. And I love that. I love putting information out in front of the players that they absolutely need and then saying, you can have this information, but you got to do this thing that you're not exactly sure is okay. (laughs) You have to assassinate somebody, lawful good paladin. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) I said you have to assassinate him. Uh, You know, murder for the greater good. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I will tell you he's a bad, bad man. How do I know you're telling the truth? You failed your insight check. You don't. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right. I'm um, doing it. So that's one of the, the ways that Jeff Stevens in Villains and Layers 3 Free uh, says you can use it. Uh, Austin, what's another one? A teacher. He won't go a rogue character, particularly one following the Way of Shadows or Assassins, may want to seek Zaro Zoan to improve their skills or gain new abilities. At the monastery, they learn his agenda. Will they join his cult or will they fight against it? I this mean, is a great multi-class thing. You could. Right? Yeah. I mean, you could, uh, like, maybe your rogue wants to be a monk, and he's like, yes, I'm going to learn martial arts now. Or maybe they're about to hit level three, and they want to, you want to really tie that flavor into the story. Um, I like this. So, so, so far, we've gone through two of these, and neither one of them are made him the villain. Mm-hmm. That would throw you off because it's called Villains and Layers, right? Mm-hmm. But he gives you multiple uses. Ian, what's the the final use of Zaro Zoan? Why to be a villain himself. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> People talk about masked, highly trained killers who, when the stars are right, descend on unsuspecting towns and villages, snatching peasants and noblemen alike, Ooh. burning and desecrating temples. No one knows where they are taken. But divination spells suggest a shadow growing in the mountains. The heroes might be looking for a friend who was taken in this way. Ooh, I love this. Um, and you can't... St- I don't include the stat block in this description, but the Zaro Zoan is a badass. Um, okay. But likewise, you can build your monk however you want. The idea of the players fighting a shadow monk, though, you know, at when the sun is down and he can teleport as much as he effing wants... <laughs> he uh, just be terrifying. Like, <laughs> he was like, ah. No, terrifying fuck. was when I was reading through the description, and it said, through any means necessary. My brain went to like a deep Dragon Ball Z bridge. I need an adult. I am an adult. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying. I know. Um, I like this encounter. I love the way that Villains and Lair is uh, is written. If you've l- watched our show before, we've had Jeff on. We've talked Villains and Lairs. The stuff's amazing. And this one really jumped out at me when I was uh, per- carousing for an encounter. So hmm. uh, would you would you run something like this, Ian? Uh-huh. What about you, Austin? Yeah. I just like the fact that it has multiple uses because I like sometimes you want like because I didn't think of him as a villain initially like right which is why I was like oh source of secrets or a teacher nice and then of course there's you know I I, I can also just make him kill people too I guess but <laughs> <laughs> time to die it's like ah yes uh, you've all lived out your usefulness time to die it's like oh yes oh perfect <laughs> that'll do it for our encounter of the episode Zaro Zoan from Villains and Layers three free you can find the link in our show notes. Woo! Make sure to use the link. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, our magic item in the podcast is called the Blast Patch Vial. It's a rare potion. This vial of pepper-like crystals explodes when sufficient weight is applied to them. Did you just make a claymore? I did. <laughs> 
sick. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, as an action, you can pour the contents of a single vial of blast patch to cover a five foot square uh, within your reach, creating a simple trap. This trap uses weight as a catalyst to create the explosive reaction. Now, they're caltrops, but even more deadly. That go boom, yeah. <laughs> now, it occurs to me um, that I actually didn't put a weight in here. So, fail, Justin. <laughs> but uh, the assumption is, like, creature weight. But uh, we'll, we'll get through that as we go through the, the, the detail. Oh, yeah, no, I did. I did, actually. I'm not an idiot. We're good. Everything's good. So, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> so perception. Um, the crystals are fine like dust and can be difficult to spot. With a successful DC 15 perception uh, check, you can spot the trap. Or at least spot the crystals. Whether you know what they do or not, that's uh, something up to your DM, I <laughs> right. suppose. Uh, the trigger is a creature or object <clears throat> that enters the area or triggers the trap. The effect, the area explodes... In, uh, and any creature within 10-foot cube operating on the trap must make a DC 15 deck save. Uh, on a failed save, they take 2d8 fire damage. On a successful, they take half as much damage. When a creature or object that weighs 10 pounds or more... There we go. I got it. <laughs> so, the, and there's also a single detail for countermeasures. A successful dexterity check using thieves' tools uh, allows you to scatter the crystals harmlessly. A failure triggers the explash trap, and you go boom. <laughs> using <laughs> gust of wind, or uh, that's ten miles or greater, or some sort of light tool such as a broom, can also be used to disable the trap. Hmm. What, do you, what do you guys think about this potion? Boom, chakalaka. I like the fact that you again, you created just a fucking claymore in D and I'm just like, all right, I like this. Well, I was, I was, I was reading through some stuff, and the one thing that uh, we've talked about on the show is encouraging players to make traps, but most of them won't. So one of the things I started writing and is not even remotely done is um, creating a product that delivers on traps that the players can make. Yeah, I feel like uh, and this I, was my first foray into that. I like it. And I feel like the one thing that, I guess as a player, because uh, like, as much as I would love to do traps, I feel like I can never lure people into them in the first place, because usually we're delving That's and the easy diving part. in. No, because what I'm saying is we're delving into them, like we're diving into the dungeon, and usually we're like, the big bad guy, we can't just lure him out, usually we have to get to him. What a trap that's not in Jarlaxle's book. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't, didn't, I didn't put, I didn't make it yet when I was writing for Jarlaxle. But, yeah. but one thing that I also feel like as a player is I feel like I don't know how to make traps with anything that I have, and that's what I, the what I'm creating will fill. It'll there give details for those things, and that's exciting because I mean you could probably think of like simple stuff like oh yeah let's dig a hole and just put some bamboo sticks, sharpen them at the end, and put them in the bottom, and now we created a pitfall. That will probably kill a guy. <laughs> Never had a player create any of those. Right. Why not? But it's... Now, you pointed out something interesting that I want to touch on real quick. You said, well, how do you get them out? We had that problem once. I was in... And actually, I don't know if I can even talk... I'm going to talk about it. I don't think <laughs> Gabe said he's ever going to actually release it. So I drove out to Gabe's house to play D&D for like eight hours. We recorded all this stuff. Holy shit. And we had to lure out a monster out of its cave. Right? Mm-hmm. We tried to smoke it out. Smart. So there are ways to do that. Making racket. We try to use food, too. Using the smell of food. I was using prestidigitation, and we're using gust of wind to fucking <laughs> make the smell go down the pole. Um, so there are traps, but that's something I'm focusing on. That's kind of where this came from. Would you? What do you think about this, Ian? 
A good boom goes a long way. He's not wrong. Sometimes things can only be solved with explosives, and this is one of them. Yeah. I love <laughs> the idea of putting this at the base of an item that, like, uh, that on a pedestal, like something out of Indiana Jones. Imagine if Indiana Jones walked up to grab that idol and fucking blew up. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And then, his, and then he no longer has hands. And All that's like, there is his hands blown <laughs> off, stuck on the idol. <laughs> oh, like my what, gosh. It's like when I got shot by that black dragon where there was shoes, and now, like, there was a person there, and then after the great green beam, there's only a pair of shoes that are left there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I think that was a hilarious joke. That was, that was hilarious. That'll do it for our magic item, the Blast Patch Vial. Fuck Black If you're dragons. in chat right now and have not followed us, please take a minute to hit that follow button. Thank you. Yee. Moving on to our Dungeon Master tip. Now, I told you that there was a dun- my Dungeon Master tip came from the Essentials Kit, and I've wanted to talk about this forever, but it seems so foolish that somebody would give me a hard time about it. So you can blame Watsy for this. Our Dungeon Master tip is, when in doubt, <laughs> make that shit up. <laughs> and I feel like we, we've been telling Brandon this too, and he's starting to get it. He's it like, it's taking yep. long too long. Yeah. It, it took about six sessions, but <laughs> he's finally got it <laughs> under his belt, where he's like, just fuck it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, th- I think one of the best memes I've seen like this was... Um, yeah. So you, the players, walk towards the warehouse, dude. So it's like like a so, so we see a warehouse. It's like a werewolf in a building. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, so the actual writing is, when in doubt, make it up. <clears throat> it's better to keep the game moving uh, than get it bogged down by the rules. Have I not been saying this? Probably since episode like the beginning. after episode after episode. Why? Sometimes, yes, the rules are important. I don't want to say that they're not. But spending too much time looking through a book, everyone's just sitting around doing nothing. Instead, as Mm -hmm. a DM, make that shit up, write it down, and check it out later. You know, it's it's really, it really comes down to the players don't know what you've prepared and what you haven't. And if you're unsure of a rule, roll in their favor, make it up, and be on your way. They're never going to complain that you made them faster or stronger. They will, however, compare, p- complain if you noodle the if you neuter them. <laughs> so don't cut off their dice, please. <laughs> if everyone believed a lie, it becomes truth. Says Wizard Arcadius. There you go. That's the realest shit right there. That is that is that needs to be in a fortune cookie. <laughs> <laughs> if I got that in a fortune cookie, I'd be like, well, fuck. Well, I, he's I, right. <laughs> I want to be careful. I want you to be careful, though. I don't want you to say that, make it automatically, just make that the rule. If you make it up, just be remember to write, write it down, and then go check. And then if it's vastly wrong, or just wrong in general, say, hey, um, just so you know, I ruled it this way. I went back and looked at it. Here's the way it is in the book. We're going to move on from it. Yep. Um, but this is how we're going to do it moving forward. Yeah. No player's ever going to bitch about you about it because you told them ahead of time. You gave them the benefit the first time. Mm-hmm. So there's really... And if they do b- complain, just tell them to get the fuck out. Because <laughs> then they're just being whiny bitches. Like, and you're not playing it for the game anymore. <laughs> right, right. I see. Uh, I think... Do you guys have anything else to add to this? It's I mean, pretty, we've pretty even dry. had guests who... Tips for DMing is like, I just give myself really vague guidelines and just go mm-hmm. from there and just wing it. Yeah. yeah. Just use his note cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, I, I equate my, my guidelines and my, my, 
planning to like a foggy airstrip where I've I can kind of see the lines, but eh, I don't know what's there. There might be another plane down there. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, like when does everything ever go step by step for a DM anyway? Right. So why bother putting in that just the raw hours of planning when you know that like right you you'll probably know it too like ah yeah right here they're probably not gonna do this even if i do this mm-hmm. like it's just they're gonna do something else and i gotta somehow think about that right um and you'll never figure out what they're gonna do anyway that's actually <laughs> funny you mentioned that i just released the the monthly uh story time and it was talking about good and bad traps and the, the point Bad trap syndrome, maybe? Bad DM syndrome? Anyways, it had a lot to do with, you know, DMs moving and changing things so that the players run into them. <laughs> and I just like, you know what? It's okay to, to do that. It's okay to move things around a little bit. Don't always do it. If they find a way to bypass your shit, use it for a different dungeon. Don't move it farther down the hall. Because yeah. <laughs> the rogue picked your lock and messed up your trap. Yeah. Uh, but you don't, it's not time wasted if you find a way to use it later. So, anyways, when in doubt, make it up. Been telling you that shit forever. Listen to me. Obviously, Wizard does, because where else would they have got <laughs> yeah, that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I still left the time where I once bypassed an entire dungeon by casting Stone Shape on the floor, just keep going down to the next level over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Do you create a manual elevator? No. I'd- well, it only goes down, doesn't really go back up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a quick way down than some stairs. Uh, Hold the floor, go! Hold the floor, go! Hold the floor, go! <clears throat> See, that's that's a, that's a, that's fun. Uh, I think that'll do it for our Dungeon Master tip. When in doubt, make that shit up. Yeah. Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't, don't be, be a dick. dick! And you can avoid dickitude by making moments. <gasps> At some point in most sessions, there is a time camping, tavern drinking, you know, practicing, eating, you know, whatever. Maybe cooking uh, in yeah, the kitchen, yeah, throwing yeah, chili at us. Yeah, that's how Brick rolls. <laughs> you do not know this. Brick likes to eat, okay? He's chef. He make good food. We uh, also need to have good time. Made, yeah, good time. We also need a new waiter. We need a Oh, you go. We almost I mean, were in tears. Waiter. We were almost in tears at our game the other I day. I wanted to cry, like, actually. We, <laughs> lo- so we lost an NPC, and it was it was oh. sad. It was t- it, we people- lost I Rizzo. really <laughs> wanted to save our bird. Yeah, we lost our Kenku buddy. It's a shame. He was so fucking cool. Yeah. We made him explode again. It wasn't even his fault. It it uh yeah, he it got was- for he was forced into a no win situation. Wasn't it your old rogue that made him explode? <laughs> explode. It wasn't his rogue. His old one. Wasn't it who who killed it? Who did the final blow? It was a Dernan. Dernan. Oh, never mind. It was me. Dernan stabbed it four times from the top. Yeah, he was like chopping him. Anyways, all I remember was that. Anyways, nobody knows what we're talking about, so I'm gonna move on. Yeah. Uh, So, (laughs) anyways, so at some point uh, in most sessions. There is going to be a time when you're camping or you're in drinking in a tavern or, or practicing, you know, when the PCs are waiting for the next arc of the story. During that short, small downtime, take a moment to speak with the other players in the group. Talk about recent events, plot twists, you know, and maybe even where do you think that's going to lead or where do you think the story is going to go forward from here. Um, not only can this lead to exciting conversation and reflection, but will also bring about inspiration to the DM on things that they may or may not have thought of already and incorporating your ideas into the story. Like the warehouse. Like the warehouse. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. That's really good. But like, honestly, it is like such a, 
the thing that like it helps with like role playing too because you all will probably like attempt to get in character and be like oh yeah remember that time when we went into that uh that storage unit and i grappling hooked into the corner and <laughs> next thing i know i'm waiting for this guy and uh they lit up a torch and they're like who the fuck is that guy in there <laughs> that was bad that was a good moment i love it um being able to reflect on that stuff really not only does it bring back memories but helps you um the more you talk about it, the more things that you might have forgot get pulled up. And then projecting into things that could be in the future is a great way to try to build on the story without knowing you're building on the story. can also, like, bring in, like, older NPCs as well. Oh, yeah. Who that can, like, uh, maybe they'll help you in the next, like, arc of the story. Yeah, man. I mean, ours fucking died, but maybe yours is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe your Rezo is still out there. <laughs> Poor Rezo. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, you made man. me cry again. God damn you, Brandon. It's all your fault. <laughs> Why did you make us do it? Uh, anyway, yeah. you got anything yeah. to add to this, uh, Ian? Oh my god, my eyes are watering. <laughs> I'm cry. You got anything to add? No. All right. Uh, <laughs> no. I, I think that'll do it for our player tip. Don't, Don't be, be a dick. dick um making moments definitely do that it's something fun and can really add to the story and if you're the dm listening to this take that stuff into consideration also it's like something that's like super casual to the game too so that way like it's not you're not worrying about mechanics you're not worrying about why is my spell not working in an anti-magic field it's very casual you're very right and it's a good way to it's like when you're doing a workout which i know it doesn't look like i ever do but when you're doing that workout and you're doing the the last bit the cool down Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that yeah it's it's relaxing yeah but yeah so, uh, please join us on our next episode. We'll be discussing our, we'll be doing our class analysis on the Artificer. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Ding, ding, ding. The newest class to the D&D world. Uh, I am super stoked. Cannot wait to talk about this. Heck yeah. If you Oh, if you, <laughs> sorry. Any if, feedback? I'm gonna get to it. Just stop talking. <laughs> Never. Okay. If you have any feedback, unearthed tips and tricks, or topics you would like to d- us to discuss, uh, please send them to us. You can email them to us at critacademy at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook at Critacademy. And now on Instagram. I cre- So I created an Instagram account forever ago, but I never use it. I just wanted to hold the name. I finally started using it. Using it. <laughs> so you can find us there now, too. Or you can just come to Twitch, because we're here, too. Yeah. Uh, at a- That's where we spend most of our time, unfortunately. Do you guys Oddly like the, enough. Do you guys like the camera closer? Like <laughs> I like it closer. Yeah. I think it's more You intimate. can see more of my rugged good looks. Also my nose hairs. <laughs> uh, we hope you enjoyed your experience <laughs> okay. here at Great Academy. If you did, you can help others find our show by leaving a hopefully five uh, five star review on iTunes. Now, if you don't know, you don't have to have an iTunes uh paid subscription or even an iPhone or an Apple phone. You can just take a second, go Leave a review. The reason why that's so important is almost all the podcatchers pull from iTunes. Um, so that helps us get higher in the rankings and gets more Crit Nation followers. So definitely, if you've got just a minute, it literally takes a minute and a half. So I know I time myself because I'm <laughs> that's weird like that. Part of the things we do here. Yeah, right. Here. We well, got to figure all this that, stuff out. It literally is my job at work. Yeah. So it'd be weird if I didn't include it at home somehow. Mm-hmm. Make sure you just subscribe to our show at CritHemi.com. Follow us on Twitch TV slash Critacademy and subscribe to, to our YouTube channel so we, we can help you on your future adventures, as well as give you a chance to win cool prizes each 
and every week. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can pick up any of our DMs Guild products. There's some stuff in the Twitch thing below. Uh, head on over to our website at CritAcademy.com. There's lots of good stuff there. Also, Brandon does art commissions, I think. Uh, he's Brandon, do you do art commissions still? Okay. Brandon? I think he does. So you can find those over at Facebook.com. Also, make sure to check out our other Crit Shit Nation fellowship members. Uh, Interparty Conflict, Gabe and Jeff do an awesome job answering your questions. They are very good at it. They're very thorough. And, God, they just got awesome voices. I, I love listening to Gabe talk. Like When he's in my ear, it's like a little uh, like an eargasm. It's fantastic. Ooh. His laugh is awesome, too. I love your laugh. Oh, happy birthday, Gabe. As of this recording, it's his birthday. Damn, you're getting old, dude. Just like me. <laughs> That's life. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. And I'm your guest, Austin. Thanks for listening. Keep your blade sharp and spells prepared, heroes. Ah.